Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Napa know-how. At Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers, get a $25 prepaid Visa card when you get any Napa automotive battery. It's the best deal for some of the best batteries from some of the best car people around. But we might be a little partial. Anywho, pick up any Napa automotive battery and save $25. Do it yourself or have it done for you. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers. While supplies last, offer ends 83120. Shop Black Friday week deals Sunday through Friday at Kohl's. Plus, get $15 Kohl's cash for every $50 spent. And take an extra 15% off. Get the big one throws, $849. Toastmaster small appliances are just $214 after rebate. And Fitbit Versa 2 is $129.99. Plus, take 30% off Lego, 70% off fine jewelry, and save on boots for her, $16.99. Plus, get fast and free store pickup. Shop Black Friday week deals at Kohl's and Kohl's.com. Select styles offers valid November 22nd through the 27th. 15% off with promo code Enjoy15. Lego and Fitbit offers and coupons do not apply. Some exclusions apply. See store or Kohl's.com for details. Hey there, movie fans. Welcome to Collider Videos for your consideration. The only weekly video award series that you will get anywhere. And we're going to be here every week from now until February 9th. The Academy Awards tracking the ups and downs of award season. This season is very special because we are partnering with our friends at Arc Light Cinemas for an FYC screening series. And so we're Proud and excited to have ArcLight as part of our uh, as our partners on this season. And joining me as always, the one, the two, the only, the best, my friends, my my colleagues who I respect immensely, and I would take a bullet for. Oh, wow. although, although I'm not saying I will, I would. <laughs> the amazing Perry Nemiroff <laughs> and the mighty Jeff Snyder. Come on, you, you're not going to get more love and appreciation than that. I don't think you are. Yeah, that's that's Max. Right, that shows you how much I care. So don't ever doubt my loyalty to the two of you and Collider FYC. Never has, never will. Right, never will. Come on, give it up, my friend. Always. All right, so we're going to go big here. So last time, our first episode, we talked about Best Picture. So we're going to jump right into it with another big category. This one is, drum roll please, ladies and gentlemen, Best Actor. Best actor. Okay, so what we're going to do here is we're going to try and predict the, the five guaranteed nominees. Maybe talk about some honorable mentions too. But let's start with the very top, the, the, the lock. Who was the lock? Your number one pick for best actor here, Jeff. <laughs> well, oh, no. <laughs> I, 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 this is your I idea. Do. I know. I was like, oh, I don't know who I want to say. I'm going to say Joaquin Phoenix. Okay. I, I don't think that Joaquin Phoenix will be ignored. I think that when your movie makes a, like a billion dollars, which I think this one is coming up on, people are going to notice. And he is what makes this movie as yeah. great as it is. It's mm-hmm. his commitment to the character to even, you know, come close to approaching a Heath Ledger level, I think speaks volumes. And so I think a nomination for him is assured. Stupid question, Perry. Do you agree? I agree. Joaquin Phoenix is my number three, but it's not because I think he has less of a chance of getting the nomination. I actually really believe that all four of my top 
four choices are going to get nominations. I, I think he's just incredible yeah, in that. Yeah. It's like, it's a performance I've never quite seen before. I think he did something exceptional with a role that we've seen on the big screen a number of times before. And I think he deserves to be in the conversation. And also, I think that if Joker is represented anywhere, this is going to be the big push, yes. and it should be. I agree. And Perry, Joaquin Phoenix is my number three choice as well. You know what? I just got to say, between the two of you, I think you and I kind of share the same brain. Uh, A little because... bit, but I don't think we're going to share the number five brain no, today. Not the number five. <laughs> I, I actually five. understand why he is three because I know I feel like I know who your top you two are. You probably do. Okay, so wait. I understand your logic. Okay, well, my number three is, is Joaquin. I, it's a movie that I admired a whole lot more than I actually loved, but I did appreciate what it was going for. And I agree, Jeff. I think the strength of this movie really is on, on Joaquin Phoenix's performance. He's been nominated three other times for Gladiator, for Walk the Line, and for The Master. And like you said, this movie is passing a billion dollars worldwide at the box office as we speak. You know, a lot of the other categories, a lot of the other major categories when it comes to screenplay or director, uh, I think those might be a little iffy with Oscar chances there. But I think it has a better shot for Best Picture. But I think the lock here is Best mm-hmm. Actor. And you just cannot deny how friggin' committed, as always, Joaquin Phoenix is. An Oscar nomination is in the bag. Okay, next choice, Perry. So my number one, I wonder if it's your number one, and it's going to be your number two or three, I guess. I'm going uh, Robert De Niro with The Irishman. Uh, You know, it's not the the same kind of story that I brought up uh, last week, where I think The Irishman is going to get a whole lot of love in many, many, many different categories, Mm -hmm. which gives it a big boost to the Best Picture uh, department. But when it comes to acting and of like of all the categories here, I think the Irishman is going to clean up. I think it's going to clean up here with Robert De Niro, who also has, you know, the uh, the legacy vote behind him. He's also very good in the movie. But then I also <laughs> think we're going to be talking about uh, Pacino and Pesci in the coming weeks as well. I really do think that there is a lot of goodwill for this project, even though it's a Netflix release. And I think Robert De Niro is going to see the love in this category. Jeff. I uh, agree. De Niro is very good, and I think he will get in. But I have him at number four, actually. Four. Yeah. Whoa. All right. I, I, I just I've seen De Niro do deliver so many better performances. Like I I think that he is the greatest living actor. I do. I think him and Pacino are one and two. But you leave the Irish from talking more about Pacino and Pesci, uh, and the, just like I don't know, De Niro's not allowed to be very emotional in, in this film, and I think that that could. You know, put put him uh, on the lower half of the nominees think, rather than the the top three. I think that serves the arc of the character very well, though, especially in contrast to what Pacino Listen, does in that role. I, I agree with you. It serves the character perfectly and all that, but it doesn't lend itself to an Oscar-winning performance. So I'll I tell think you that what he does. is going to get nominated, but it, it's not a win for no, me. No, listen, I, I think that the last 45 minutes of this movie is what makes you go, wow, De Niro is really great. And by the way, as far as De Niro being the greatest living actor, I think we can all agree that the greatest living actor is actually William Shatner. Uh, (laughs) Sorry. No, De Niro is the greatest living actor, and he won two Oscars before. His first was for 1974's Godfather Part II, supporting actor, and then he won lead performance in Raging Bull from 1980, directed by his colleague here, Martin Scorsese. So... He won his last Oscar almost 40 years ago. So over those years, De Niro has, has reinvented himself as a comedic actor with like Midnight Run and, and Meet the Parents. He's become a very uh, 
successful producer. He started the Tribeca Film Festival uh, as a way to bring uh, prosperity back to the area after 9-11, and that has become a major, major film festival. He and his producing partner, Jane Rosenthal, really championed this film. They went with Netflix, gave them a blank check from Scorsese to make the movie he wanted to make and the movie that De Niro wanted to make and the performance that stands out among as one of De Niro's very, very best performances. He is as good as he has ever been. When was the last time you saw De Niro in a lead performance this good? See? It's been, it's been a while. It's there's, been a while. There, listen, yeah. there, there's no doubt, and I do think that they will recognize him. I just don't know if, if he's going to win because of that goodwill and, and like he hasn't won in 40 years, like you said, or if they're going to go with someone a little bit younger. One of the reasons why can is it a bad time to bring up my next one? Because I have to compare quickly, What number is them. Zanier on your list? One. Okay. okay. Yes. So my number two is Adam Driver. And I think over time, these two could switch positions for me. But at this point in time, I think Netflix is going to put much more of its resources behind The Irishman. I still think it's behind Marriage Story big time. Yeah. But I think they're betting big on Irishman, which is why I have De Niro at one and Adam Driver at two, even though I think both are very deserving of a nomination. Uh, I, I have Adam Driver at number, number two as well. No shot. Oh, yeah. One, three, yeah, three there. You see? Same. All right. Still, still uh, oh, well, I think we're, we might be in line on four as well then. Uh, probably. Okay. But definitely not number five. Um, at least I don't think mm-hmm. so. But there, there are – listen, this is really the year, the big uh, year that Netflix really came to the party with a whole lot to show for itself. Marriage Story is another film in addition to Irishman and Dolmite is My Name and Two Popes. And, and I think that Adam Driver is, is – going to be sort of riding high on the Oscar nomination he got just this past year for Black Klansman as well. And, and you know what? He's also going to be very much in everybody's mind and everybody's eyes for months on and after December 20th when Star Wars Rise of Skywalker Worth opens. bringing up. You know, yeah. So, but I do think that that his performance in this movie is terrific. And it's told from a, a little more from the male's point of view because the writer-director Noah Baumbach based the story on his own split from actress Jennifer Jason Leigh. It's crazy to think that when Sundance wound down, I was so upset about having missed the report because I thought that was going to go the distance and maybe yeah. get him into the race. And now it's like the report isn't even in the mix no at all anymore. It. No one's talking about it. Crazy. I think they're talking about it as a nice like supporting Thing to his marriage story campaign, mm-hmm. but where is Adam Driver on your list? Yeah, he's number two. He's not all. Okay, so we all have. Yeah, we all have him at number two. And really, I I think he's a bigger lock than Joaquin for a nomination because I think Joaquin's performance is more divisive. That's why I was waffling, like hesitating at the beginning because I didn't know whether to, to put <laughs> Driver or Joaquin at number one. But yeah, I don't think either one of them are missing. I, uh, you know, uh, the, the I, I don't think that Joaquin is divisive. I think the movie is divisive. Whether or not you love the Joker or not, everyone still agrees that Joaquin gave a I think, great performance. I think Joaquin is divisive as, as Joaquin, because Joaquin does not play the game uh, like like the rest of the town necessarily does. It does seem like he's been playing the game a little more he, so he, with he this one, though. He definitely has, because after, yeah, after you, you lose out on three, it's like, okay, maybe I'll play. I have a really good chance with this. I think I'm but, rolling with Mance's narrative on uh, this one. I, I think the movie is divisive, and you know, I'll, I mean, I'll never forget walking out of that TIFF screening. It didn't yeah, matter too. what you thought about the movie. You mm-hmm. were floored by Joaquin Phoenix's re- uh, performance. And By I, the way, when we walked out of that movie, a tip and we were I'll never, back I'll never forget that walk back to That's the Airbnb. I want to bring up something a little controversial. Oh, let's hear it. Oh, controversy never from Snyder. Let's hear it. Never would have guessed that was going to happen. I mean, listen, I know 
he was not necessarily um, part of the Casey Affleck allegations, but he... That's what? not going to happen. You don't think that that no. is in the back of anyone's not, mind? Wasn't in mine. I never even thought about it. No. Okay. No. All right. No, what, what yeah, I, I, I'm just saying all that Casey Affleck stuff's happened on the Joaquin Phoenix documentary. There are definitely some people who have a problem with Casey Affleck in this town, even though he did, he won an Oscar. He won this very category, despite all that stuff. Right. That's why I don't think Joaquin Phoenix has anything to worry about. I okay. feel like not with that. I, I just mean, had to anything. mention. It had to be mentioned. It, okay, it's worth, worth mentioning, mention. and anything can change. I mean, we still have how many weeks before nominations and then actual wins. I mean, you never know what could make headlines in the coming weeks, so it's worth having in the back of your mind right now. I don't see that getting into the conversation right, the, enough the to stop The smear stuff hasn't happened yet, but rest assured, well, it will. It, well, it was right it around this time last year that, you know, we got, we got some negative headlines that changed the game a little. Well, well, you know what? Smear campaigns are an unfortunate side effect of Oscar campaigning. This goes it, yeah. back to the, the landmark year of 1980, 1998 when you had Saving Private Ryan versus uh, uh, Shakespeare in Love. You know, I think there was a book written about just that very uh, Oscar campaign. At least there should be. Uh, oh, no, it was an article in The Hollywood Reporter, uh, uh, an oral history of that year. But no, listen, our one, two, and three, regardless of the order, uh, we got De Niro, we got Adam Driver, we got jo- Joaquin Phoenix. Okay, Jeff, who's who's number four or the fourth person? Number four talk about? is number three on my list. Um, it was DiCaprio. Yep. Yeah, uh, me too. I, I just <laughs> I don't think he's a lock, especially because everyone's like the sentiment really seems to be with Brad Pitt this season for but, supporting. Right for supporting, but DiCaprio, the, the the way that he played an aging actor, you know, who, who's worried that his era has passed him by in this town. I think it's going to be very relatable for a lot of older Academy members. Good point. And, uh, totally great. Yeah, I, I think he's going to, to, to get in. It's only a matter of time before Once Upon a Time in Hollywood comes into the campaign and makes its big resurgence. They're going hard on that one, and they should. It could get a nomination in a number. Of, this is another one where... Like, I do think that a movie that can clean up in so many different categories, it's it's almost like a little bit of an all-rise-together feel, whereas I think the controversy with Joker is actually going to serve Joaquin Phoenix as an individual well. Do you think, uh, by the way, uh, Leo DiCaprio is number four on my yeah. list as well. Okay, do you think, just, just a, as an open question, do you think that all the support, all the love that Irishman is getting, that Marriage Story is getting, Dolomite is My Name, and, and Two Popes, you know, Netflix. Netflix four, four is, Netflix uh, movies okay, with four, four strong Netflix contenders, movies. yes. But here's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which is a movie movie. It mm-hmm. is a Sony film. It was they, they played it. Some theaters played 35-millimeter. Some theaters played it in 70-millimeter. It's a movie about the movie business. It's a movie that has a revisionist ending and it ends on a very high note. And DiCaprio's performance in this film is superb. It's his first – not only is it – it's his first uh, – his first role since he won the Academy Award for The Revenant. And he's back with another powerhouse performance. I, I completely agree with your sentiment that, that a lot What of else does Sony have this year? Sony, oh, Beautiful, uh, day, beautiful in day in the Neighborhood. Little yeah. Women. And, and Little Women. women. Yeah. Okay, no, they got their hands full. They actually have but, a good awards lineup. So you know, here you have a movie about the movie business directed by a, uh, a cinephile, okay? And it is, it is a movie that, that was shown in theaters on film. 
And I think that that's something the Academy will gravitate towards, especially when it comes to honoring the film itself and, and director. But I think that DiCaprio will definitely sort of ride on all this. His performance is magnificent. A lot of vulnerability, more vulnerable yes. than I expected for that kind of character in a, in a Tarantino film. You know, Sympa- well, he kind of plays a loser. Huh? Right? He kind of is play, kind of playing a loser. But he, and, and he doesn't normally play that role, which is why I think he gets to show a new side of himself. It's, and, it's really and, you good. Know, vulnerable uh, characters with empathy and sympathy are not actually uh, uh, st- uh, you know, signature moments in Tarantino films. And, and he really crushed it. And so did Brad Pitt in a completely different way. Uh, also, uh, someone who's tr- trying to find his place, someone who may or may not have killed his wife. But that's a whole other thing we'll Here's talk about. Here's a smart example actor. of taking your two leads and putting them in different categories rather than burying them like they're doing with Christian Ford Bale Ford and Matt Damon. Yeah, Ford no chance now. Okay, so we have De Niro, we have Driver, we have Phoenix, we have DiCaprio. Now the conversation really begins here. Wait. I'm going to bet all three of us have a different fifth. I'm going to bet you're probably right. Okay, who do you have at number five? Mine's a real wild card, and admittedly, this is the only pick where I think my personal feelings about the movie has crept in a little. I just saw Uncut Gems, and I think that's one of the best movies of the year. I was freaking riveted from start to finish, and then... Like right around the midpoint of that movie, it gets so intense that I was like, I was like burying my hand in my, in my face in my hands. I was kind of yelling at every decision that Adam Sandler's character makes, but I am a, I'm a huge, huge Adam Sandler fan. I know he's made some not so great comedies in recent years, but Billy Madison for life. I know that movie from start (laughs) to, I I grew up watching a lot of Adam Sandler and I know he's a great uh, dramatic actor when he chooses those types of projects. So I fully believed in him. He but it really did blow me away how he just like melts away in that role like he is fully that character yep. I was so impressed I that agree. is that is his show and I think it's a it's a performance that deserves to be honored but admittedly this is my wild card of the day it is the performance of a lifetime and yeah he's made his his broad comedies because he appeals to his fan bases but he also does movies like uh, punch drunk love yeah. uh, you know I, he, he does take chances and I think that this is definitely the performance of his career He's definitely on my honorable mentions list, and I think that it's worthy. I don't know if he gets in, Jeff. In my five slot, just a gut call, a weird hunch. I think that newcomer Paul Walter Hauser could somehow, some way, find his way into the fifth (gasps) slot for his turn as Richard I I cannot disagree with that. Sight unseen. None of us has seen Richard Jewell. Now, the thing about Clint Eastwood, uh, oftentimes... Like, he, he makes movies very quickly, and actors, I mean, he's, especially in the early to mid-2000s, he just had this an incredible run with the critically acclaimed commercial hits that were also honored with Academy Awards. I remember in 2004, uh, up, I think it was like September or October, Warner Brothers said, we're putting out Million Dollar Baby by the end of the year, and it's going to contend for, for the Oscars, and it won five Academy Awards, including for Hillary Swank. So I don't disagree with you. I mean, sight unseen, Richard Jewell, no one's seen it. But Paul Walter Hauser gave uh, breakout performances in both I, Tanya, and I thought it was very funny and very good in Late Night as well. He's also quite good in Cobra Kai. And Black Klansman. But I, I just, th- I, Klansman, I just think yeah. that the story of Richard Jewell like, is, a, is powerful enough on paper to get someone a nomination. And if Paul 
delivers the way that I think that he can based on what I saw out of him in Itania, I think that he will, would be good enough. To I think it's, he as an individual is very much capable of it, and I am rooting for him, whether it's this movie or something later in his career, for him to get some recognition. I just do not have the faith in Clint Eastwood's recent track record to actually believe that this one is going to be a home fair. run award season hit because I actually never even saw The Mule. I heard a lot of people it's liked it, but like it completely missed award season chatter and 15 to 17, it wasn't 15, an awards 17 movie. to Paris was yeah. one of my <laughs> least favorite movies of last year. So between those two, he's got a little faith to win back. And I mean, that could happen That's in the fair. coming weeks with its AFI Fest premiere. I never, I never thought that the mule was going to be an Oscar contender. And when I saw the film, I just took it for what it was. And when you saw, film. but remember, because so what winds up happening is these Gold Derby things are built out well in advance of the release of the majority of these movies. And just because it was a Clint Eastwood movie, you had names from the mule on that list for a long, long time until the movie opened. Exactly. And people saw it, and they went, nah. which could be the yeah. same story as Richard Jewell, but it might is not. Is there another director though who who has? Directed actors to five Oscar-winning performances. I don't know that there uh, is. I think William Wyler, or John Ford, right, well, you know, those guys ripping to, out the old you know, guys. Back in They're the day. not here anymore, Scott. Uh, well, you asked a question. <laughs> uh, my number five is you mentioned Antonio Banderas for Pain and Glory. Uh, he already has a, a lot of momentum going because he won Best Actor, the Best Actor Prize at the Cannes Film Festival. This is his eighth movie with Pedro Almodovar. And clearly, they are each other's muse, just like Scorsese and De Niro. And uh, this will be his first Oscar nomination. It is, it is Pedro's, one of his very best films, and it's definitely the best thing that Antonio Banderas has ever done. And, uh, I mean, I didn't realize until recently that Antonio Banderas had a heart attack a, a few years ago. And, uh, you know, this just sort of like, you know, that, that brush with mortality... And the brush with mortality that his, his character is facing in the film make this performance really stand out in a way that I don't think Banderas could have done this five or ten years ago. So I think that Banderas does get the number five slot. But, yes, we all have three different. So that slot for this show is still open because at least two of us have to Can agree. I add one more honorable mention? Go. Yeah, there's I, a couple others. Let's talk honorable mentions. There was one other. So I was debating between Sandler and this other individual for my five spot. And it's Eddie Murphy for, okay. for Dolomite. Uh-huh. I know we briefly discussed why he might not get a nomination on our Best Picture episode, but I don't know. I still think he is one of those that could wind up securing the number five spot. I mean, similarly, it's, you know, it's a, a movie about uh, realizing your dreams, and especially in the film industry. I think that's going to build a little bit of goodwill if sure. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood doesn't mm-hmm. eat it all up. And he, he's great. That is a great showcase for him. And I feel like it's going to get overlooked. And I feel like that's part of the problem with Netflix having so many things this year is I think their priorities are a marriage story and the Irishman and two popes and Dolomite might not get enough love that they need to actually get in and get a nomination. I agree with you completely about all of those things. In addition to the fact that this is not only a return to form for Eddie Murphy, reminding people who have been longtime fans what they love about Eddie Murphy, but it is the performance of his career 
I, I think so. I mean, really, you know, think about it. He's had great roles, you know, Beverly Hills Cop and, and you know, Trading Places and Coming to America. The performance and of Girls. Eddie Murphy's career is Dolomite yeah. is my name. Yeah, I think it is. I'm you're, definitely you're, not. I think it plays into not his Not entirely strengths. behind that, but I think he's still very good. I think it, it plays to his no, I think it plays to his strengths and goes a lot further than that. Uh, and I gave this a lot of thought because I was I do have him on my on my honorable mention right. list. I uh, I do as well. I like him. I, I think that people are really overlooking uh, Michael B. Jordan potentially, oh, who's yeah. never been Just nominated Mercy. for Just Mercy. I haven't seen the movie. Okay, tell the, me tell me why not, Scott? Tell because me because it's a solid performance. It's not a spectacular one. Okay. Just like the movie itself, I thought Just Mercy is a solid film, but it is not. And it's 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 made special because of its story, but it's told in such a conventional way that it just didn't go the extra mile. For me. All right. What about uh, Ruffalo and Dark Waters? Didn't see it. Um, must pass on that for now. But he, I mean, it, it, we're, we're under I, embargo. I don't think, but I we're, think... I don't think uh, that movie is going to have enough uh, enough of a push behind it to actually make a dent. And okay. I, I think that people like that movie a whole lot better when it was called Aaron Brockovich. And sure. Julia Roberts did win Best Actress. Why are we not talking about someone who could also really get in there and I think is very not worthy? Not Taron Egerton. Taron Egerton. No way. Why? Why? Because I think the Rocketman ship has sailed a long, long time ago. I think that was in the moment, like the hot topic, and it fizzled out. So so fast. It didn't do as well. Clearly, it didn't do nearly as well as uh, as Bohemian Rhapsody. And the fact that you had Rami Malek win the Oscar for Best Actor for playing a rock star would either hurt or maybe help Taron. And it, you know, I, I it's a, it's a very worthy performance. I think that he deserves a nomination. That could easily be a, be a top five. But if you're, what do you think about that, Jeff? I, I thought he was very good, but I think it's too tough a year. I don't think he really has a chance of getting in. If what I if, added anybody young. else to this list, we were talking about this earlier, I would put Daniel Kaluuya in for Queen and Slim. I think he is something else in that movie. I think that movie's very, very good. I don't think Daniel Kaluuya gets in. I don't think that movie gets in for anything, which is what I think hurts his chances in particular. Mm. But it's just like looking at the list of possibilities here. I think he should be notched up far higher than what it looks like he's sitting at right now. Any, any other honorable mentions for you? Um, I mean, are we, not, are we? Should we talk about Bale and Damon? Well, I yeah. Let's talk about Bale. We and can. Damon. So, so Perry feels like because they're both running in lead, they're they're both sort of out of it, and and it's hard to to disagree with her there. I think that they do kind of cancel each other out because neither one is so much better than the other that it doesn't matter that the other one is running. I don't agree with that. I think that what? Christian Bale is actually much better than Damon in the. I film. disagree. I, I would go for much, Damon. I don't think he's much better. I think we're talking about two completely different types of performances. Well, we whereas. Right. Matt Damon's character is a bit more low-key and doesn't necessarily stand out because Christian Bale has a much brasher attitude, and that's what exactly. people are going to talk about. But I've about. seen that from Christian Bale before, whereas this character is something different than I've seen out of Matt Damon, typically. Well, I'm going to go an extra mile and say that, that I've seen Four Ferrari twice. I love the film. I think it's one of the best movies of the year. I can't wait to see it again. It opens on the 15th. But I do think that both because... You know, it's being positioned as a Matt Damon, Christian Bale movie, but when you watch the film, it's more of an ensemble. It's more, it feels like an ensemble film to me. And I think that both of those actors, particularly Christian Bale, would have benefited from being nominated for supporting. And I think that. So you think he is the one who should have gotten supporting? I think that Bale think, should have gotten supporting. Right, I think they think, both should have gotten supporting. One, one way or the other, I think Bale is the only one who had a real chance just because of how competitive things are. But what right. they should have done to give either of them the slightest chance is keep Bale in supporting and keep Damon in lead and right. then see what happens. But, but regardless, I think that 
that whether people look at the two of them and they're, oh, they're both, they're both uh, competing for the same category in the same film, I, I think that most people generally agree that, that Bale has the showier role in this movie. He's, he's the heart of the film. But, okay, but showy, is he a supporting character or, or is he I think a co-lead? I think it's a supporting performance. I was surprised when he got submitted for lead. Okay. I was surprised that he got submitted for lead. Eh. Uh, either way, I don't think either of these guys are going to make it into the top five, unfortunately. And, and are um, we overlooking Jonathan Price? No, we're not. That's a worthy conversation. That's that's one of the last ones that I have left to see. He was my alternate. He was my mm. sixth slot guy. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, I was thinking about it. Wait, you know, I haven't we, seen we, it. We didn't talk about this last time, but is there a chance? I, I don't laugh when I say this movie, especially you, because I know how you get. I'm about to. All right, don't laugh when I say this, but I is, might be behind this. Okay, I, I, don't, I doubt it. Oh, okay, is there <laughs> is there a chance? that we're just looking at this movie the wrong way and it could come out and be really great and have a great lead actor performance in this movie. Cass. Cass. (laughs) (laughs) That's never going to happen. I'm just asking. I thought you were going to say The Lighthouse. We had two polar opposite ideas there. (laughs) Who who would be the lead in Cats? I don't know. I don't know. McKellen or uh, Idris Elba? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. Idris Elba's in the movie, yes. yes. There, there is no way. No what? Like, I think people saw that first trailer and just got like, what the hell is this? But who knows? I mean, the problem the problem I think if cats, some of the narrative behind um, Shape of Water's success is that some people just couldn't handle that she got with a fish man, people being cats is never going to work in a million years. I think it could, I think it could work as a box office hit because of what cats is and I think there's a lot of morbid curiosity with that movie out there right now. Here's so what it could, could just be that kind of scenario. Here's, here's what could happen with Cats. You know, we're looking at a two, two and a half minute trailer going like uh, on, on a computer probably going like, oh, I don't know about this. But what happens is when you sit and watch a movie and you, you immerse yourself in it and you commit to it, so, you know, they cast a spell and you Yes, you but that's asking it. a lot. I uh, it, maybe it is. Maybe it's not. We don't know. I've also seen that trailer on the big screen, and I think it only makes it more bizarre. I think that, see, I saw the trailer on the big screen over the weekend. Uh, well, I, I saw Doctor Sleep again, and um, hey, that makes me happy. I, I love that movie. I so do I. <laughs> uh, and I embraced the trailer for Cats on the big screen more than I embraced it watching it on my on my. Laptop. I embraced it both ways for all the wrong reasons. Wow. <laughs> Here are the two wild cards who we have not mentioned yet. Well, go, Uh-oh. Jeff Snyder. The two young leads in 1917. Okay. Oh, Dean Charles absolutely. Chapman, I think, and uh, and George McKay. You never know with those guys. They're, that, that's a big movie that is on their shoulders. Mm. Okay. Um, and, and when you have a, a one brother trying to rescue another brother from imminent death, that's a hell of a story. He may really get a chance to emote in addition to all, you know how physically demanding uh, the roles obviously uh, are. You're right. We'll see. To, to, listen. Of, of all the movies left that we haven't seen that are about to make their debut, I would say I have the most faith. Faith in 1917, then Little Women, then Richard Jewell. Okay. All right. Well, for the sake of this show, we still have to pick our number five. Yeah. Two of us have to at least agree. <laughs> okay. So that is why. Right. See now. Let's see. La- hang on. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, one thing you got to know about, about movie mans is I'm a selfless guy. I'm a generous person. I care. I care a whole lot. And I love, I love these two. I mean, the, the amazing Perry Nemiroff, the mighty Jeff Snyder. That, that is not... I don't just throw those names out there, but I care so very, very much about their opinions and respect them and adore them as friends that I'm going to sacrifice my number five choice. Don't. I'm doing it. 
Don't do it. Why? Because of all the other choices on the table, if I had to sacrifice mine, I would back yours. Okay, well then, then do that. Yeah, okay. you, you were trying to be nice. I was trying to, okay, this was it. I, I was trying to be nice. I was going to go with Richard Well, Jewell. because I flat out admitted it in my assessment of Adam Sandler that that might be personal feelings about the movie fueling that pick, okay. whereas I am a betting woman. I like to bet on things, and if I had to bet right now, I might be more inclined to bet on okay, Antonio so, Banderas. So going back to what I said about being a nice guy and being generous <laughs> and really caring, Jeff, Screw you. I am going with Perry Nemiroff, and we are going to stick with Antonio Banderas. That's two out of three, buddy. How do you like them apples? Uh, you know, I can't, like I said, I said it before I even said Paul Walder Hauser's name. Conventional wisdom, I think, would have Jonathan Price or Antonio Banderas in the five slot. Okay, so that so, means. So that... I will grant you your Banderas oh! five slot. Okay. I would say watch out for Paul Walter Hauser. And, yes. and, and there's there's still a whole bunch of other people we didn't even mention. More of the people who aren't necessarily in the conversation, but we wish were. I think Perry would agree with Kelvin Harrison Jr. maybe for loose. Don't oh, even I get that. me started I'm telling on that. you, they're running a campaign for Shia LaBeouf in the Peanut Butter Falcon. And, in and, lead. I like that. and also for supporting for Honey Boy. Sure, but we're talking about lead for this right. episode. I would love to see Shia get in. That's a great story. We both are big fans of Matthias Schoenart's work in the Mustang. Oh, yeah. There's oh, a lot of stuff I cannot there. speak highly enough of that performance. I just rewatched the movie last night, actually, and uh-huh. it is, I think it's criminal that that movie is not in this conversation across the board more. It should be. I, we, we, when we did our Midpoint show, it was yeah. something a movie we were talking a whole lot about. But, Jeff, thank you for being generous and for being selfless. So there you go. On this episode, later in the season, don't count on anything, man. Well, no well, favors. So that means, here we go, we, we have our, our five nominees that we're picking. Now, to, by the way, just because we're picking... We're locking in these five nominees for this show. It doesn't mean the the, the the game will really change or it will change, it could change. when when as the award season continues to go on and we start seeing Richard Jewell and we see nineteen seventeen. So but for now, here are our five nominees. You got Robert De Niro for the Irishman. Adam Driver for Marriage Story, Joaquin Phoenix for Joker, Leonardo DiCaprio for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Antonio Banderas for Pain and Glory. Those are the nominees this time. But make sure you keep watching Collider FYC, Collider videos for your consideration every week. We want to once again thank our partner and our sponsor, Arclight Cinemas. We can't wait to really get those screenings going at the Arclight Cinemas. Make sure you like our show. Make sure you share it, retweet it, share with everyone. Take your stand. Make sure you get the show seen so we can come back for season three. But for now, you know, until next time, FY, see you see later. You. Napa know-how. At Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers, get a $25 prepaid Visa card when you get any Napa automotive battery. It's the best deal for some of the best batteries from some of the best car people around. But we might be a little partial. Anywho, pick up any Napa automotive battery and save 25 bucks. Do it yourself or have it done for you. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers. While supplies last, offer ends 831 it's that little Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game, so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. 
It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.